This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be paving the way. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. Uh, certainly is here on a busy Tuesday morning coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. You've got Mike Pete across the way, bogus double duty, sitting in with me for Taz, who's off here on this Tuesday and also doing updates as we take it right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time. Coming up at the top of the third and final hour. We're going to talk to Adam Fisher, uh, SNY TV, SNY.TV, um, and SNY TV baseball analyst um, and a former executive with the Mets and Braves. Um, he's going to join us. We'll talk about the performance by Alonzo last night in the Home Run Derby, Guerrero Jr., Jock Peterson, but also talk about baseball at the All-Star break uh, and the All-Star game later on tonight. Uh, out in Cleveland, Ohio. But we kicked this hour off with a little bit of basketball and about the association as uh, we have some, you know, new developments, I guess, in Oklahoma City is that uh, we know that uh, Sam Presti and um, and his uh, remaining star, Russell Westbrook, have, you know, had some sort of a conversation. Um, and Westbrook reportedly is, is open to the idea of of being traded from Oklahoma City and the team that you know that he likes or would prefer that he's most interested in uh, Andrew would be the Miami Heat something that you know Taz and I both me mentioned too, yesterday yes uh, <laughs> get me to South Beach yeah the South Beach is a nice place to live uh, but uh, you know they'd like to get a deal sooner rather than later we saw Oak City pair off another talented player Jeremy Grant um, you know the the former member of the Syracuse Orange. Uh, traded to uh, Denver. They got a first-round draft choice back in return. So uh, they saved nearly $39 million in in salary and also in tax. Uh, so Oklahoma City is now in a move, move where after the Paul George deal, uh, they're going down to the bare bones. Um, and Westbrook's going to be the next guy to go. Uh, it's just now a matter of timing. And it looks like Miami, who's interested in acquiring Russell Westbrook, the interesting thing to me would be, you know, we talked to Kendall Gill yesterday from NBC Sports Chicago, um, 15-year NBA veteran, um, and said Jimmy Butler's not exactly like the kid that wants to play in the same sandbox as you. 
Um, so, um, you know, he went down to Miami to be the face of that franchise. If the Miami Heat bring Russell Westbrook aboard. That's Russell Westbrook's team. Right, and and can't you see Jimmy Butler standing in the corner angry as Russell Westbrook is on another one of his relentless drives yes. to the rim? Uh, and not giving the ball to Jimmy Butler and turning it over or missing a shot, whatever it may be. I, 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 the volatility is intriguing from an outsider standpoint, but when you're thinking about putting the team together, obviously Westbrook and Butler in theory make the Heat that much better, but can they actually coexist? And Butler is one of the more confusing guys to me in this round of free agency here, Moose, because of his personality and because to, when you're when you were lining up all of these guys who were originally available, Kawhi and Durant and Kyrie, and this was before Durant's Achilles, um, so that might change the dynamic a little bit. But like Butler was the one to me that was going to decline the fastest. Like I don't know what Plan B for Jimmy Butler is, and he already has kind of shaky knees and whatever you know other ailments along the way here. But like the the long term commitment to Butler made me skeptical because. When's he going to be unhappy again? And yeah. if he loses a step, you know, what kind of player is he then when he doesn't, when he just can't run past you and run through you anymore? So now you put him on this team with Westbrook possibly, and they're married for the next four years, and the two of them might want to kill each other. And no one seems to have liked to play with Russ for that long. There definitely is an expiration date, whether it's however you want to break that blame down on him and on the other guys for not being tough enough or not being good enough, whatever you want to say. But they're just a clock starts the second you're on the team with Russell Westbrook, and I can you can you see them surviving as buddies for four years? Because I can't. Yeah, and, and and I don't disagree with you. Um, I'd be careful. I'd be very very leery of the Butler Westbrook uh, personality mesh. Um, uh, that's not something now. Listen, uh, you've got Pat Riley, you've got Eric Spolstra, you've got two strong-willed, one executive, one head coach. Uh, you know, it's Riley's organization. You know, he runs it that way. You know, maybe he could have everybody see eye to eye and get on the same page, but uh, I just have a hard time seeing that. I really do. Now, the one thing Butler cannot Westbrook is for his effort. The uh, the one thing that Butler can look at Westbrook is, is he exactly a winning player? I mean, then. And that's where, you know, you can get critical of Westbrook. I would just, though, and we'll get to that here momentarily, but I would just look at the personalities. I don't know if that's necessarily a match made in heaven. Um, I really don't. I You know, Butler didn't want to deal with the cold anymore. He wanted his own franchise. He's going down to Miami. Yeah, I mean, the Heat should be interested, as a lot of teams should be interested in Russell Westbrook. But when they look at it, do you think Jimmy Butler's excited that the Miami Heat are interested in Russell Westbrook? My answer to that would probably be no. Right, I mean, neither one of these guys is second fiddle guys. But also, you have Westbrook now, who I I always want to trust guys when they get to 30 and go past 30, that there's some softening when they can... He's not done anytime soon, but like he knows he's not 19 anymore. He's been in the league for 11 years. He's been in the finals. That was a long time ago. It's three consecutive first round exits in OKC. Like I, I, I always want to assume that guys can sense that this is again not their last chance, but their chances are getting few and far between here, and that maybe changes a thing or two and softens a thing or two and makes them more open minded for playing differently, playing less minutes being more accepting, but I, I just, I, I I see the two of them literally butting heads more than once over four years in Miami. Now, they may, they may get through all those different things. They may work magic, but 
it just it's it seems ripe for drama putting them together and especially when you consider all the things Miami would have to give up to end up with both of them it's a big price to pay and well, then you got to pay them 100 or 310 million dollars over the next four seasons combined right and 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 for Miami they they understand it's a stars league they they're tired of being irrelevant they look right. at the eastern conference you have butler and westbrook in the backcourt even if it costs you you know a king's ransom you're going to do it because you want to try and win basketball games riley's not getting any younger um you know they want to try and get back to that championship level so you get it then you get to westbrook the player is and you might be right. Maybe there is a softening now at, at 30, soon to be 31 years of age. Maybe, maybe there is for Westbrook, who's been in the league for 11 years, who has been an unbelievable member of Oklahoma City in the Thunder, a former MVP, Mr. Triple-Double. However way you want to look at Russell Westbrook, I will say this, though. It is troubling that stars run from him, not to him. Um, that's bothersome. Uh, that would bother me. Um, if I'm paying Russell Westbrook the kind of money that I'm paying him. Um, where guys, Kevin Durant couldn't wait to get the hell away. Uh, he ran to Golden State. Um, and they didn't talk. They, and then and... there was no – right. Paul George, after a couple of years, year and a, uh, Paul George got convinced by Kawhi Leonard, even though he loved being a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, to go back home, said it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to play with Kawhi. Didn't view that – you know, the opportunity to play with Kawhi – Wade was a greater opportunity for him than continuing his career at Oak City uh, as a member of the uh, as a member of the Thunder with Russell Westbrook. That would bother me, you know. It would it would bother me. And there's some guys that clearly you look at it. That's the alpha male mentality. Their games don't mesh unless they make an adjustment to their game. And there's been no adjustment with Russell Westbrook. So it would trouble me that he's not a guy that's this inclusive guy. He's a guy that drives people away. From being a teammate of his, that's pro- that's a problem in my mind's eye. I I also don't know of his relationship with Jimmy Butler right now. Maybe um, maybe, maybe you read buds. something. Maybe Mike saw no, something. I've not seen that in all his NBA blogs and Reddit's and whatnot. But I, I maybe they're best buds and they want to be together and and they'll be fine because they assume they can live together. But from what we know from the two of them putting them together is going to be good TV for all of us. Maybe not for Heat fans if it well, implodes, but like but when push comes to shove like you you just you need as many of these guys as possible and then you deal with the repercussions, which is why when you're the Thunder and Paul George comes to you and says, "I got to go, I want out." You have to trade him. You can't just go, "Listen, like you you signed for 4 years, you're one year in, we're not getting rid of you." These guys are in charge, and either you have to get rid of them when, you don't, when they don't want to be there anymore, or you have to get as many of them together as you can and let them figure things out because that's the only way you can survive in this NBA right now. No, that that is true. Now, he doesn't have to necessarily trade George. He's, he is under contract, um, and he's still at Westbrook, but it was almost like Paul George did Presti a favor because I think Presti realized they're not winning. They're not winning a championship. As presently constituted, this isn't it. Look how quickly they have have torn it down here in Oak right. City, and, and and well and, at the moment, right? Well, at the moment, they've they've acquired over the past couple of days here, they've acquired six first round draft choices, right? And pairing off and a couple of young players as well, uh, you know, and you know the best Danilo Gallinari, a young all rookie guard uh, from the Los Angeles Clippers, so. Uh, you know, there are, there are, they, they can't wait to pair it off. But I think George, in essence, 
allowed Sam Presti to look in the mirror and say, we're not good enough. And I'll, I'll tell you the perfect example. The fact that they lost to the Portland Trailblazers in the style and fashion in which they did. And and I get that Paul George dealing with those two shoulder injuries, both right. shoulders, uh, wasn't playing at the MVP level. He's still at Westbrook. I think that was a moment that probably hit Presti is that we're not going to get there with this group. So if we're not going to get there with this group. I, you know, I don't want to be the, the five or six seed in the Western Conference, seven seed in the Western Conference, losing the opening round and say, well, go get them next year as time just clicks away. I think they came to the realization they're not good enough. They paired George off. They 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 said, uh, yeah, okay, we'll buy into your request. Uh, so they paired him off. And then you've got the – now you, you pair off Jeremy Grant. Now you're going to trade Russell Westbrook. Um, and I think it was Oklahoma City looking in the mirror and realizing, you know what, we're not going to get it done. This team is not good enough. Yeah, it does end up – and it's a really good point by you. It does end up being almost a perfect scenario for Presti because he's almost a victim in this. And it ends up being, as you said, this kind of free pass to reset. Because I'm with you. I mean, they're fun to watch, and they might have been better this year because Paul George was theoretically healthy. Um, but only better probably to get to round two and lose to a better team in the Western Conference. So they were not going to win the title the way they were now, barring some of their young players you know, coming out of nowhere and being stars we didn't expect and changing the dynamics. So here's your chance now, almost a free pass and go, what else am I supposed to do? He wanted out. He was going to pout. We didn't want that. And then once I traded him, I got to trade Russ and start over. I'm doing Russ a favor. So, yeah, I mean, in his heart of hearts, he might have wanted to to blow this up, but he knew he couldn't until Paul George came to him and said, I'm going to the Clippers. Um, and now it's up to them to draft, whether it's they use all six, whether they package a couple and get an actual player in here soon. But they got to now the second part of this is making good no doubt. Uh, on these selections. And finding quality players. And then you get to Westbrook, the player. And, Andrew, do you look at Westbrook, we understand how historic he is as a, a triple-double machine. We understand how freaky of an athlete, uh, how he has improved his game. I mean, he is kind of the poster boy. Coming out of UCLA, everyone said, well, he can get to the rim whenever he can. He can't really shoot. I mean, he, he's developed a, a good outside shot. Uh, over the course of his 11 years in the NBA. Do you look at Westbrook as being a winning player? Um, I still do. And, I, and I, I'm and usually one of the last guys off the bandwagon for certain players. And the turnovers are a lot. I mean, there were, they were games late in the postseason where it's, first of all, there's just a lot of them. And then there's the ill-timed ones where he's making the wrong decision to push when it's not there, to force the issue when it's not there. But I still think and this may be the wrong way to look at it, this is a guy that goes out and gets you every single night the three most important stats in a game. I mean, he's around everything. And every once in a while, and the shooting numbers can be, a, you know, six for 21 sometimes. So, I mean, there are, there are kind of backdoor triple doubles in there, but that you have to, to get some of those ugly ones when you're going to average them for three straight seasons, by the way. And I know there are people out there who take you know much deeper dives into stats and are using analytics and different ways to look at things and kind of poo-poo triple doubles as just it's almost an anomaly um you know what what does it really mean well to me it means that he's involved with everything and he's crashing the glass he's scoring points he's setting up his teammates yes i think he's a winning player that needs to find a different kind of landing spot in the game right now i think he still needs and maybe he's out of time 
Just a little refinement. Take the foot off the gas just a little bit more. Maybe trust somebody else a little bit more. Maybe playing with Jimmy Butler is the answer in Miami. Who knows? But yes, I do think he's a winning player. I'd want him on my team unless I really knew for sure that the kind of emotional chemistry balance was going to be thrown off. But it would take a lot if I was a GM with the ability to go get him to not go get him right now. You know, I'm not so sure. Uh, I'm not telling you everything that you just said, Andrew. Uh, I'm not telling you that you're off. He's a max effort player, three most important stats. He puts up, uh, you know, he puts up crooked numbers each and every night. Uh, You know, the averaging of the triple-double, I mean, he's a remarkable athlete, and it's been a remarkable basketball performer. But there are some guys that are so set in their ways, they can't adjust. And we talk about adjustments. Um, and that's why I think guys struggle playing with Russell Westbrook is that you need to adjust to his game, and there's little to no adjustment to, to his game. And I do think there needs to be kind of a give and take, right? I'm going to give in a little. You're going to give in a little. I'll take a little. You take a little. When you're looking at the, kind of the – you know, the you know, the star relationship on an NBA franchise. I, I don't think you can just step in and or be leading the team and say it's my way or the highway, especially when you've never won an NBA title. I think you know, Michael learned that in Chicago. I think LeBron's learned that over the course of his career. When we're talking about the upper echelon players, um, you know, the you know, Kawhi Leonard, I mean, you look at those level and caliber of players and Westbrook is just as talented as those guys, but you mentioned it. The ill-conceived, the poorly timed turnovers, not really realizing time and situation when he's got the basketball in his hands. Now, I don't know if Russell Westbrook's a winning player. I'll tell you that. I, I, you know, I'm not so sure. I'm not telling you he's not wonderful. I'm not telling you he doesn't give you. I mean, if there's a guy that earns every dollar on his contract, it's Russell Westbrook. When he's in the game, he's a max effort guy. He's putting on a show. The fans love him. He plays with passion, energy, representing. I mean, there's nothing that you look at his game and say, well, he does but they don't win. I mean, ultimately, they don't win. And that is when you're when we're looking at this level and caliber of player, you know, that's the ultimate decider, is it not? Yeah, I mean, of course. Um, and you kind of threw it in there, and we probably should have discussed it sooner. The way he plays has to be a concern, too, because he has not been healthy his whole career. Wrists, thumbs, knees... And the way he goes out there and earns every dollar, like you just said, I mean, it's going to leave him open to more injuries. And when you get older, those injuries last longer, maybe become more frequent too. So you're getting in bed with that as well if you're signing up for Russell Westbrook. But yes, wins and titles matter the most. And But I still think a guy with that talent base, I, I still, and I could absolutely 100% get burned here, but I'd still want to put that on my roster. All right, let me ask you this. You're a Knicks fan, right? Yeah. All right, would you want the Knicks to trade for him? Well, I mean, in a in a vacuum, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm not a Knicks fan. Why did I say yes to that? But from a Knicks perspective... All right, let's look at it um, from a Knicks perspective, right? Yeah. So would you give up... I mean, R.J. Barrett's looked terrible in the summer league, but the idea of R.J. Barrett being a franchise player, right? Barrett from Duke, you know, a, a first-round draft, you know, multiple ones, and say Mitchell Robinson. Would you be willing to give up, you know, maybe, I don't know if they'd ever want Kevin Knox, but throw Kevin Knox into the right. mix as well. I mean, but you look at three young players and a couple picks. Would you be willing to trade that to Oklahoma City for Russell Westbrook? I, I would I would say no to the Knicks in the, in the perspective of where they are right now as a franchise, that I'm trading all of that to get Russell Westbrook 
and him and Julius Randle and all the other guys they've brought in since not getting Durant or anybody else of significance, like by the time I'd be good again, Russell Westbrook wouldn't be Russell Westbrook anymore. If But just should Russell Westbrook be on the Knicks? Yeah, because I'd want Russell Westbrook to be there like I, like I wanted or said the Knicks shouldn't hesitate to give Kevin Durant a max contract. The Knicks need a name person there to anchor that organization. That's fair. They That's need a fair. guy to. But the problem is, I said get to sign Durant for forever because he would theoretically bring other guys with him. I don't know if that's true for Westbrook. Well, that though. would be the problem. Right. That would be the problem. Is that and that's that's the rub when I look at Westbrook as the player. Is are guys drawn to play with Russell Westbrook? Can he be the great recruiter? Can he be doing what Kawhi Leonard did to get Paul George to request a trade? When Russell Westbrook calls you and says, I want to play with you, is that guy going to go to his organization and says, get me out of here, trade me to the Knicks or trade me to the Heat or do this or do that in order to kind of build up uh, the organization wherever he might end up? I don't know if he has that kind of draw because I think people, I think other stars in the NBA grow frustrated playing with Westbrook because the ball is in his hands so much because of the style in which he plays, he is so ball dominant that I think it's it's a massive adjustment that other stars have to make that maybe over the course of time, when the wins don't add up, they get even more frustrated. It's one thing to do that, and if you're winning championships, you're going to say, well, it works, right? When you're getting eliminated by the Portland Trailblazers in the opening round, it ain't working. No, and, and, and was it f- four games, five games? I mean, it wasn't even... Was it, it, was, a, no. it was quick. It was quick. I mean, I think it was a five-game series. Right. Yeah, it so, was a five-game series. You know, I, I would, and Lillard waving them bye-bye. Yeah. Remember at the end? I mean, I, I'd love to see if this would be different if Westbrook played, with all due respect, not in Oklahoma City. I mean, we know the shortcomings yeah. of, that, of that location as a destination for players who want big cities, who want warm weather, uh, who apparently, right? I mean, are they still, don't they still practice next to, like, uh, dog food? There's a weird... Do factory really? that, like, makes it smell strangely outside their practice facility. I mean, it it is maybe Dibbles and bits. It, it maybe is like the unique location in the NBA to live, to play, to work, whatever it may be. So you know, maybe this Westbrook conversation is a tad bit different if he had tried to get guys to go. But then again, I mean, he did. Paul George was in. Paul George didn't talk to anybody else. Paul no, he George was in. Could have went to the Lakers last year. He which, was in, and he was, and he's. I'm in. Don't. I'm not talking to nobody. Here's my, where do I sign? Boom. And then maybe this had nothing to do with Westbrook, that it was well, just this perfect storm of the Clippers, Los Angeles, and Kawhi Leonard that completely changed his mind. Or, and there has been reports of buyer's remorse, that he was like, eh, but maybe that's more city than Russ. I don't, I don't I, know. No, he, well, I mean, he went out of his way, as most guys do, to thank Oklahoma City for the love that they showed him. But I will say the one thing that would, the sham report, who came out and said that executives around the NBA knew that there was a chill between Westbrook and George, that there was some frustration and maybe a fracturing of that relationship in Oklahoma City. So, I mean, if you believe that, that story came out there after that deal went down. But I'll tell you, nobody had pulled George. If that is indeed the case, and that story was out there and other league executives had it out there, there was not one report that of teams calling up Oklahoma City right. trying to get Paul George away from the Thunder before that deal went down. And I mean, and what what didn't, not one. What what didn't we know? 
Well, it's exactly right. Up until, I mean, this, and obviously shocking that Kawhi and George together go to the Clippers. So we didn't know that. But, I mean, everything else, and we, like you said, we would have known if teams were asking about Paul George absent of Kawhi Leonard. If they were just trying to get Paul George off the thunder, we would have known about that before he asked off the thunder. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Want to hear from you. Is Russell Westbrook a winning player? It's Mark Malusis. It's Andrew Bogish. Taz and the Moose here on this Tuesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. Listen to CBS Sports Radio with the Radio.com app, free and available in the Google Play and iTunes App Store. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Major League Baseball legend Mo Vaughn, and you're listening to Taz and Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Ah, yeah, you got it, Mo. The play of the week brought to you by Granger. Let's take a look at the one who got it done this week. It's Mets first baseman Pete Alonso, 2019 MLB Home Run Derby champ. The slugging first baseman beat Blue Jays rookie Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 23-22 in the finals in Cleveland. The player of the week was brought to you by Granger. Granger's got your back. When it comes to the safety and industrial supplies that keep your facility running, get what you need when you need it at Granger.com. Coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to be joined by Adam Fisher, SNY baseball analyst, former Braves and Mets executive. We'll join Andrew and myself, and we'll run around Major League Baseball at the All-Star break, talk a little bit about the Derby, uh, and then the All-Star game tonight, and see exactly what's going to transpire over the course of the rest of the baseball regular season, and more importantly, around July 31st, how are some of these championship contending teams in Major League Baseball going to go out there and improve themselves uh, when you look at the possibility of adding guys like Zach Wheeler and Madison Bumgarner and, and the like. So we'll have a good conversation with Adam Fisher. We are talking a little bit about the association, Bogus, and certainly about Russell Westbrook, which is a little bit of a quandary. Uh, not for Oklahoma City. He's going to get dealt here. Um, and he's going to get traded uh, at some point in time. And I don't think this is going to last all that long. I think you're going to have the teams that are truly interested in getting Westbrook step to the forefront. I think you're going to get a, a pretty good ransom, a pretty good uh, amount back in return if you're Oklahoma City. Um, and um, and I think Westbrook's days, I don't think he'll put on a, an Oklahoma City practice jersey ever again. Um, I think this is going to get done. And I'm not going to tell you the next week. But I do think Westbrook's going to get traded here pretty quick. You know, the oddity of it, and there's a number of these things, I I believe the Thunder own two unprotected Heat first-round picks. So trading them Westbrook... Makes no sense. ...devalues those picks. Correct. Um, But, yeah, I just... You're you're right. I can't imagine... But don't you do right by the player there? Well, yeah. Let me ask you, if the compensation's similar, because you make an excellent point, but... And and I think it's a fair one. If the competi- comp- if the compensation is similar between two franchises, say it's Detroit and Miami, for right. argument's sake. Detroit being one of the other teams that are reportedly interested in getting Westbrook. So say if it's Detroit and Miami, and it's fairly similar in compensation, and Westbrook, you know, wants to play down in Miami. Right. Do you do the guy that's been good to your franchise? Do you do him right in the end? And and trade him to the franchise he wants to go to. Um, I I think you do. I think if all things are are equal or relatively equal, I think you want the rest of the NBA population to think you would treat them well if they were on your team. Like I, you don't want to make agents unhappy. You don't want to make players think that you're a bad club. 
Um, which is why it was a little surprising when the Spurs sent Kawhi Leonard to Toronto, which seemed like the you know the I mean literally is the northernmost outpost in the NBA, and it was almost like putting him in exile for their divorce. And yet we know how that ended up. Um, and I you know I had the same thought when it was first reported, I think by the Athletic, that it was the Pistons and the Heat that were initially you know the most active in Westbrook love. And you go, man, you send him to Detroit. It's almost like you're mad at him. Um, but yeah, I, I think you want, I mean, I saying that he deserves it or you owe it to him sounds a little cheesy, but I mean, he's been there for 11 well, years and, and there might be reasons why you had to, you know, Durant left because of him. Maybe George left in part because of him, but I mean, he's also broken his body down for you over those 11 years well, and tried to win every single game for you. I mean, we had Ian Eagle on, right? CBS play by play voice of the Brooklyn Nets, right? The Brooklyn Nets felt like they needed to do right by D'Angelo Russell right. in the end. That they wanted a guy that was good to them, that bought into it, that he got better, they got better as an organization. They didn't want to basically say, you know, thanks but no thanks, we're moving on, and and throw him to the side. So they put him in and made sure that they looked out and put him in a really good situation in Golden State with the Warriors, Right. So if Brooklyn is feeling that for D'Angelo Russell, who is kind of, you know, a pimple on the fanny in terms of impact (laughs) on an organization as compared to Russell Westbrook, you would think Oklahoma City would do the same thing for Russ. Yes. You would think. Yes. I mean, now the the deals have got to be comparable. It's not like Miami could step into the building and go, we'll give you a one. You You know, I mean, there's... There's got to be it's got to be a representable package. If Detroit overwhelms Oklahoma City, I think he's going to be a Detroit Piston. I mean, I I, I do think that, but I'm going on the idea, uh, Andrew, that the packages will be a little bit similar in nature now, in terms was, of compensation. I, I pulled up the ESPN you know tra- fancy trade machine because the yeah. problem is Westbrook makes thirty eight point five million a lot dollars, of money. so you got to get within eighty percent of that. Correct. So, to me, the deal starts with Dragic. I mean, he's going to be, if, if the Heat make this trade, it ha- he has to be involved. And he almost was involved in the Jimmy Butler portion of Correct. this deal. Because, Dallas, to, to, right. to get, which made no sense because Dragic and Luka Doncic are like best buds. Right. Dragic makes, is going to make $19 million for the coming season. So, right now, you're halfway to Westbrook's 38. If you put Justice Winslow in this deal, now you've, you're good money-wise. I don't know if that's enough. For the Thunder, I don't know if they're going to want more. I don't know if they're going to, if there is more to give for Miami, but at least economically, Dragic and Winslow can get you Westbrook. Well, then you're going to have to get you're going to have to get some picks, right? I mean, if you got what one more from Miami, well, I mean, you're going to have to. <laughs> are you not? I no, mean, I know. Is there a rule in place about how many future number ones you can trade? I I thought there was a rule about how far into the future you could. That's trade, what I mean. Which is why when the war, the Warriors just made a trade involving their 2026 second round pick. Now I don't know if second round picks are different, but I I thought there was a rule about how far in advance you could go and how many consecutive years. You cannot have a first round. Like you can trade. Like I don't think you, I don't know if you could trade three well, you can't, straight first round. No, picks. you can't do that. You can't trade picks in consecutive first round draft choices. You can't do that. They have to be every other year. They right. have to be alternating years. 
But I'm curious about how far in the future can you go? I mean, can you trade, you know, a 2040 first round trade? I don't think that far, no. I mean, can you can you trade a 2030? I mean, how far in advance? Because plus, Moose, if, if scientists are right, we might not be here in 2040 well, to make true. that first well, round I pick. Mean, so you wouldn't yeah. want to you wouldn't want to sign up for that if you're the Thunder I, I and know. never get to that Westbrook pick. Well, when we're when doing shows in 21 Jr. years and like you know the. <laughs> Everyone's retired. Sam Presti's basically, you know, in the Bahamas. Right. And, and the just, Oklahoma City Thunder are like, we own Miami's pick from the Westbrook trade the who? in 2019. <laughs> they, Westbrook's gonna, already in the Hall of Fame. Right. You know, he's done. You know, LeBron owns the Lakers. It would be like it's a it's a strange world we'll be living in about 21 years. And it's but, all vir- no actual games. It's all virtual reality. Yes, everything's virtual reality. We're, all, we're on Mars because it's the only safe place to live. Seven years out. Okay. Seven years out. So I don't even know. So, the, so twenty twenty six second round pick is the max. How many? In the future. How many picks? Now they own Miami's twenty twenty one and twenty twenty three picks. Yes, correct. Yes. Has Miami traded their twenty twenty five first round draft choice? I don't know if they have. I mean, because that would have to probably then be involved in the deal. If you own 21, 23, you'd have to get twenty five from Miami Heat, right? And then you'd look at a scenario <laughs> of. You might have to pair somebody else off to get assets from another organization to make that deal work. Right. Because I don't think that's enough. Goran Dragic, Justice Winslow, and a first-round draft choice for Russell Westbrook? Well, as as Mike said before um, before we came on the air, th- this is a little different than the Paul George trade because the real the, – the, the benefit for the Thunder here is not having to pay Westbrook anymore. No, that's true. So like, and they didn't. You know, they don't have to trade him, but they didn't have to trade Paul George. But that was a value trade for the Clippers. So they were going to pay a hefty price because they wanted to get Kawhi Leonard as well, obviously. And it was a package deal. This is slightly different. Not that Westbrook isn't an impact player and wouldn't be impactful in Miami and make them better. But the the biggest benefit for the Thunder is getting 170 million dollars off their books. So they, they can't drive as hard of a bargain as they did. I'm not with the telling Clippers. you you're gonna get five first round draft choices, four unprotected, and the ability to swap two first rounders in the future. I'm I'm not gonna tell you you're gonna get all that, but I, I would think that I could get, at least get multiple first round draft choices. Yeah, but then, then like now you're you're picking you're gonna pick dudes people that aren't even born yet. Well no, at this I stage. get it. I get it, but that's what Oklahoma City's thinking now, no? I mean, there's yeah. got to be a way. I mean, maybe you have to get a third team involved, which you could potentially do. Right. Where you pair something off for that third team, that third team then trades their first-round pick or some other team's first-round pick that they own to our Oklahoma City. i got to get two ones. The two ones have got to be in the, involved in the deal. If I get Justice Winslow, two ones, and Dragic, I think you're good to go. Enjoy South Beach. sitting on eight future first-round picks. Yeah, crazy. Not even Billy King would have done that. I know. Uh, Bogus, what's going on this morning, buddy? (laughs) Mike's not sure about that. Uh, Here's your report moves that's sponsored by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. As we've been saying all morning, Mets rookie first baseman Pete Alonso's a good dude. 30 homers, 68 RBI in the first half, then the home run derby title last night, and Alonso is donating 10% of his $1 million prize to two charities, the Wounded Warriors and Tunnel to Towers, which is a 9-11 organization. This year has just been so special. I've been living in a fantasy, and I just want to use my platform as um, almost to kind of just reach out to people and just uh, make people aware of these causes, and I hope that other people could 
um, find the kindness in their hearts. Alonzo topped Vlad Guerrero Jr. 23-22 in the final, hitting the deciding home with 18 seconds to spare. Vlad Jr. had gone deep 69 times before that final round. His 29 and 40 dingers were each single-round records. The 40 came in a semifinal shootout with Dodgers outfielder Jock Peterson. They needed a one-minute overtime and then two three-swing tiebreakers Crazy. to Great finally round. settle. 91 home runs. So 91 home runs was the most anyone had ever hit in their career in the Derby. Frazier, Todd Frazier did it in over two. Vlad did it last night, but then Peterson jumped him. He's got 99 career derby homers, oh, so he's the all-time so leader. So he's the now. all-time leader, but yes. to do it in one night, 91 home Makes runs? Makes no sense. Crazy. Uh, now the All-Star game. It starts shortly after 7.30 Eastern tonight in Cleveland. Bilotti will be locked in. Justin Verlander. There's not a WWE event uh, By the tonight. way, I mentioned to Bilotti during the course of the break, Mets, in honor of Pete Alonso's home run derby victory, they sent out a tweet soon after it, 80% off tickets in the second half. It might be select games. I told Bilotti, his face lit up like it was Christmas morning. 80% off? 80% off. That seems like a typo. Eight, that's what it said. Am I wrong? Yeah, 80% off rest of the uh, season. Rest of the, 80% off. Think about that. Soon they'll be paying us to go. 80% off. Come make a profit at a Mets that's, game. That, I mean... That's insane percentage that off. Someone's getting fired. What's what is eighty percent off? Seating categories, though. Well, that's fine, but it's still eighty <laughs> percent off right. the tickets. Like that's an insane percentage off. Knowing the Mets, there's seven available tickets with this eighty percent discount, that's nice. and they cost a thousand dollars. So you're still you're still paying a lot to get them. Uh, the All Star Game, seven thirty Eastern in Cleveland as long tonight. As you get the buffet. It's Justin Verlander throwing the first pitch for the American League. The NL lineup begins with Christian Yelich, who's good to go after skipping the Derby last night with back issues. Away from Russell Westbrook in the NBA, veteran guard Avery Bradley, the latest to sign up for the Lakers, they reportedly are using their room exception to give Mm. him two years and $9.7 million. Can opt out after year one. And the Warriors said to be signing guard Alec Burks while trading with Atlanta for second-year forward Amari Spellman. The women's quarterfinals begin in roughly 15 minutes at the All England Club. I'll tell you, before you get to the tennis there, Golden State quietly has basically turned over their entire roster. Yes. I mean, they've they've turned it all over. And Alec Burks, who originally signed with Oklahoma City, right. one of two guys that signed early on in free agency, um, Presti went to both of those guys and their agents and said, listen, if you want to go someplace else, we're good. We're good. And we Mike Muscala said, no, I'll stay. Muscala said, no, I'm yeah. good to go. I want to be here right, for I nothing. Wanna, right. I'm a big fan of <laughs> Oklahoma City. So he's staying there. Burks is like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. Sign and a one-year deal with Golden State. I'll go shoot right. some threes for Steve Kerr. The Warriors want me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Laters. Uh, so, yes, Serena Williams and Allison Risk are up first on center court today. The men play their final eight tomorrow. And Tiago Santos fought John Jones and eventually lost to him in UFC 239 over the weekend, mostly on one leg. Santos tore the ACL, the MCL, the PCL, and the meniscus. That's basically everything in his left knee near the end of round one. The fight went the distance. He lost on a decision. He obviously will not fight again until some point next year. Moose? That's a long recovery process. That's right all. I mean, and he kept fighting. I mean, let. Did anyone watch it? I didn't sport watch it. Makes how, me... how, John Bones Jones, you're fighting a guy with one leg that can't move around and it goes the distance. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. How is that possible? Uh, dudes are crazy. What is and exactly tough. he doing to keep you off of him when he's got one good leg? 
He basically tore everything, everything possible. Everything. His leg was like loosely hanging from his knee joint. Well, and, and the PCL, right? That's the one that like has made Victor Cruz and somebody like cry on the field. The PCL yeah. is like the one that hurts the most out of all of those. And this dude fought. Was it two more rounds? They play, they go three, right, or five? I think it's three. Three rounds. He he went two additional rounds that, with right. his knee completely useless. That cruise injury. I remember driving home at an appearance at a Resorts World, uh, New York City, with uh, with Landetta. Yes. So Landetta, former giant punter. Um, love Mike Savino and the boys over there at Resorts World. They're great. Um, by Aqueduct, driving home from that appearance. And on the radio side, Bob Papa, Carl Banks, when that Cruz injury, the the audio quality on the field was so good, you could actually, you heard Cruz crying on the field. It was one of the, it was a really, really bad, significant injury. And anytime you hear that, but to play to your point, I mean, Cruz was in a tremendous amount of pain. And so, I mean, this guy, you give him credit, lasted three rounds. And almost won. Uh, he should have won the fight. I would have given it to him. Why not? He should have announced it when it was his ending. Guys, I just did that on one leg. Yes. Oh, okay, you can win. The early Tiger Woods wake up. We get up early each and every day, Monday through Friday. I don't know if we get up Tiger Woods early. We'll explain. We'll do that next. Taz Moose, Bogus in the house, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Adam Fisher is going to join Andrew and myself, top of the hour. Uh, going to talk a little baseball. SMY MLB analyst, former executive with both the Mets and the Braves. Talk a little bit about the Alonzo performance last night. Uh, who Adam knows very, very well. And also uh, talk a little bit about the All-Star game and what we should expect in the uh, second half uh, in Major League Baseball. Mentioned Tiger Woods. So next week we have the Open Championship, right, that's going to be taking place in in Northern Ireland, and um, which is fantastic. Love the Open Championship every year when it rolls along. You know why I love it? Because it ends early in the day. Uh, you know, when we're on the air, it's on live. Uh, I'm off next week, but, I mean, for the most part, when I've done it and when I've been here uh, working early, uh, it's on live. You always like that. You get to go home and watch a live sporting event. It's pretty cool. So Tiger Woods is preparing for the Open Championship, and we know it takes him a while to get his back ready, all the injuries that he's overcome here at Bogish. He's preparing for the Open Championship by getting up at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Has anybody asked why Tiger just doesn't go to Northern Ireland now? Like, why not just go or anywhere in the general area and just because he can. It's not like me or you. We can't spend any extra time. Like, how about kids? Well, I mean, he's got the money to, to, to fund such a trip. Why isn't he just there now? Well, and yeah. waking up at six a.m. instead of one a.m. Wake up at six there, practice there, get used to there. There. Why is he doing this in Orlando? Well, here we go. You want the reason why? Here's Tiger Woods on why the one a.m. wake up. Take a listen. Hey, Nike, it's Tiger. Wake up. It is now one a.m. here on the East Coast. Why am I doing this right now? Because it is now six a.m. Aurora Port Rush. I'll be playing the Open Championship there. In order to be prepared for the time change, I'm getting up. If you want to succeed, if you want to get better, if you want to win, you want to accomplish your goals, well, it starts with getting up early in the morning. Have a great day. 
On oh, a side go. note, Tiger's a great actor. Oh, tremendous So actor. natural. So, yes, exactly. Well, one, maybe one day he'll be up for an Academy Award. And it was edited very well. As Wake up! Wake, Wake up. up, Nike, Wake up, it's Nike. me. It's me, Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods. Right, I'm up at 1 a.m. I, I agree with you. I mean, Tiger's got an extreme amount of wealth. Right. Um, <laughs> why do you need to do that on the East Coast? I imagine he's home down in Florida, right? I would yeah. imagine, right? So home down in sunny FLA. Uh, why is Tiger Woods doing this to prepare himself for the uh, time change when he heads over to Northern Ireland? I don't know. That's a good question. Why not just spend a couple of weeks over in Northern Ireland? Why am I doing this right now? Yeah, seriously, why are you doing this right now? It doesn't have to be to this To prepare way. himself for the Open Championships. Yeah, so go there. It's next week. You can be there now. Well, I agree with you. I don't, I don't disagree with that tack, but he wants to still enjoy all the accoutrements of being in the United States and prepare his body for the 1 a.m. or 6 a.m. wake-up call. I mean, between this and when he ever gets there, how early he needs to wake up to this get is what elite athletes back do. activated. They stay ahead of the curve. I, if that's what this is, then that's what this if is. He, so may he better win by multiple shots then next well, Sunday. He won't. He won't. You know, he, he already he fired his shot. He won the Masters. That's it. That's it. That's it. So Tigers, sleep in. Tiger's not one golden. I agree. I understand, but he's still got that. Still got that passion. He's still got that drive. He's still got that energy. Good for Tiger. That was a little strange. Good for Tiger. Adam Fisher will join Andrew and myself next. It's Taz and Moose on this Tuesday, CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.